1: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. Thank you very much for being here with us on Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening, and I want to thank you also for liking the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook, and thank you for uh Sharing our post, thank you for participating and uh, also thank you for letting your friends and the people in your uh, recovery community, your unity community, your other spiritual communities, uh, your family members know about us here on Spirit of Recovery right here on unityonlineradio.org. And uh, thank you also for uh, letting me know what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. And thank you for letting me know that the guests that I have on here are making a difference for you, that they are touching your heart and opening your mind and uh, giving you some new ideas and some inspiration and hope uh, in this spirituality and recovery walk. Every week, we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. Uh, my guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves, or who work with, or write for recovering people, and sometimes all of the above. And uh, my guests are bringing practical information that you can use, and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. Of course, you can listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can also listen live by going to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can uh, listen via iTunes. You can listen via Alexa if you have an Alexa-enabled device. And uh, you can also listen to our podcast. The, we've got lots of years' worth of great archived programs, and you can use any of those uh uh, platforms to go and listen to uh, at your leisure to listen to the podcasts from many years. we got lots of great uh, topics and lots of great guests. I want you to know that uh, Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. So if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction and you're uh, just curious or you're just interested in addiction and recovery. If whoever you are, we're glad to have you listening and you can participate. You can call in a comment or question for my guest or you can email that in and uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. And I always like to give out a, a shout out to uh, family members and friends that there's recovery for us too. And I am one, a, a friend, uh, I have lots of people in my own uh, world that are in recovery from addiction and, uh, there's lots of help for family members and friends to deal with uh, so that we don't enable uh, people's disease, but we support recovery, and it supports our own lives and our own uh, well-being. I want you to know also that if you like what's happening here on Spirit of Recovery or the other great programs on Unity Online Radio, you can support this nonprofit radio station financially. Um Text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and if you want to you can make a one-time or a recurring donation. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And uh, 36 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of unity principles and recovery principles, and that transforms my life, and it keeps me growing. So I am delighted to have the opportunity to share with you great guests and great experience, strength, and hope uh, for this recovery and spirituality journey. I've got a great program for you today, and it's about uh, meditation and prayer. About practicing step eleven, and our topic is listening for God. The practice of step eleven, and, and that's step eleven of the twelve steps, which is you know about uh, making conscious contact with God as we understand God through the practice of prayer and meditation, and asking only for God's will for us and the power to carry that out. So, um, why practice that step? Why practice step eleven? Well. You know why? It's because it grows your relationship with your spiritual power, and that's in the end, that's what recovery is all about. That's what the steps say. Uh, if you follow a 12-step program or whatever spirituality uh, program you follow, or whatever recovery, it's basically about finding a power that's larger than the addiction or larger than the enabling compulsion if you're a family member or friend. And it's that conscious contact with a higher power that gives us direction and guidance and love and peace. And my guest today is a person that knows a lot about that, and and I'm welcoming him back to Spirit of Recovery. He's been my guest uh, a few other times, and my guest is author and unity minister Alan Lyles. And uh, Alan is going to share with us today the profound uh, loving bond that he has developed with his higher power, and that started out um, years ago when life circumstances brought him to a renewed daily commitment uh, to time in the silence with God. And Alan is clear he doesn't have any special relationship with God, uh, but he has chosen to cultivate it. He's chosen to practice that 11th step. And he believes that all of us can access that holy presence by becoming open and receptive to sitting with God in meditation on a regular basis. Um, Alan has written a book about his experience, and it's called Sitting with God: Meditating for God's Divine Guidance." It's a wonderful book um you can find it in you know the variety of booksellers that are out there and it's great. it's like a I've used it you know it's just wonderful it's like a a wonderful. Uh, supplement or wonderful support for your meditation. Um, Alan is a Unity minister. He um, is also a participant as a family member and friend in his own recovery process, and has been engaged in that for about 28 years. He served Unity Ministries in Minnesota, Arizona, and Kansas, and he. Uh, was also for six years the senior director of outreach, books, and multimedia for Unity School of Christianity. And um, before that, he was the vice president of public relations for 7 Eleven stores before he answered the call to ministry. So, um, and he's working on a new book, and he'll probably share that with us some today, too. So, Alan, welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
2: Well, thank you, Anna. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, really, really glad you're here. You've got such a depth of consciousness and such a richness. Um, I really appreciate all that you bring. So um, go back and tell us a little bit, Alan, about uh, how you wrote Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. What what propelled you into that experience? Because it's more than just a book. It really is. You didn't just, quote, write a book. There's a lot more to it than that. Not that that's Well, any I've been thing.
2: meditating um, for about 25 years, and I've been writing down in my journal most of that time exactly what I've been hearing, and uh, what I generally do in a meditation is that I will take a question or a topic into the meditation, and then I'll just listen, but I do write down whatever I hear. and. You know, I know as a minister, I think one of the greatest compliments, and you don't see it every Sunday, but you do see it some, is that when you're speaking, that there might be a few people out there taking notes. And so I hope God likes the fact that I'm taking notes, because I am I am writing down what I, what I hear. But uh, really, back in 2012, I decided to go ahead and publish some of the material that I had heard, because... I would come to a point in my life where I would become a full-time caregiver for my wife. And uh, she did pass this year in February. But for about four and a half years, I was her uh, 24-7 caregiver. And I really felt that I needed during that time to express what that journey was like. And I'm sure there are a lot of your listeners that are out there that have been in a caregiving situation before, too. And you know how special that is. And it was just a wonderful honor, as far as I'm concerned, to have been, done that. But I felt that by writing it down and then publishing it, that it might be helpful to other people who would be going through the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what, um, how did it, did it and does it? Because I think you still do that, that you still write down um, what you get in meditation. How did that affect you, Alan, to write down what you're hearing in meditation?
2: Well, I think the thing uh, that really I've come to understand about the importance of meditation is that that is the way that I stay in alignment with God. And it's my belief that in addiction or in in anything that takes us away from that alignment, that once we get separated from God, I don't think we ever are totally separated, but there are times, and especially if there's something, an addiction in the background, that when that happens, it's impossible to be aligned with God when you're involved in, in some other addiction, such as alcoholism or drugs or whatever it may be, gambling or whatever. So at any rate, my my secret, I think, is I can be aligned with God when I am close to God on a daily basis through meditation. And if, if I had to say there was one thing that made the difference, and I don't know where this came from. Uh, I, I don't really have that much of a military background or, or whatever, but it's the discipline of doing it every single day, and I do it early. I start generally my day between, oh, 3.30 to 4.30 in the morning. I know that's early, but for me, that's the quiet time, and I have a routine, a kind of a regimen that I follow, and that includes uh, reading something from a spiritual book or the Bible. Uh, it includes getting myself prepped for... Spending some time in the silence, and then during that quiet time in the early morning time is when I make the connection. and it's the discipline though that I've been able to manage to do that. and uh, there have been maybe over the the years a few times when something may have happened that I didn't get to, to do it in the early morning, but I'll always do it at some point during the day. But I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of the time, once I begin my day by establishing that con- con- uh, connection, that I can feel like that I'm in alignment with God uh, from then on for the entire day.:
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does make a lot of difference, doesn't it? It's like, how do you think that your uh, day would be different if you weren't experiencing that alignment? What is, Tell us more about what the what alignment is like.
2: Well, alignment to me is oneness, and, and that is getting as close a oneness with Spirit, with God, as, as I can. I think my day would be uh, more scattered, more fragmented, uh, not as um, focused, not as directed. And I think when uh, any of us, and it, always, it can happen to any of us, it's happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to everybody, that events happen during a day that you're not expecting And when that occurs, uh, you know, you may get out of a little bit of alignment there. But I know this last couple of days, this terrible tragedy that we've had in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. I think that's an example of an outside event that can maybe create some chaos and cause a a bit of separation. But if I can stay in a close alignment that I can begin in the early morning, then I feel like the day is going to go as well as can be expected.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like you get um, messages during the day from your higher power or from your spiritual source? I don't want to make it sound like God's outside of us somehow, um, um, but I don't know. So how do you kind of get intuitions or you feel like you get guidance that maybe you wouldn't if you weren't cultivating this openness in yourself? to your spiritual life.
1: I
2: I really feel that way. And and not very often will I just stop during the day and sit down and say, "Okay, God, what should I do next? I've done that on occasion. But most of the time, I think that the inner direction that sets the day in the very beginning of the day uh, then has a little bit of a a lean to it that you can lean not under your own understanding, but lean on into God's. And I think that it just Takes over kind of naturally. It seems uh, I don't even have to consciously think about some of the things. It just seems like uh, they just happen very naturally.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking about the uh, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which is you know the the book that started really the whole twelve step. Program or that, uh, that idea, it, it really talks about that. It talks about through the practice of the 11th step that we do become just naturally attuned to our higher power, naturally attuned to that spiritual flow. And, um, and that it becomes, I'm not using the exact words that it says in there because I can't remember them. But anyway, but it does allude to that, that it becomes natural that you be, you start letting your spiritual life guides you instead of letting the fear guide you or, or whatever manipulating you were doing or whatever way you were trying to run things, you know, when you felt like you were all on your own there.
2: Well, uh, much of the spiritual writing that I read talks about letting God live God's life through you. And I think that's the point that I want to get to is where I feel like I'm just like an instrument and where uh, God is actually doing, uh, you know, I may be doing the work, but God is doing the directing. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. By the way,
2: I want to mention, I I did go back and, uh, you know, again, reread every word of the 11th step again, and a couple of things are interesting. First of all, it's the longest of the 12 steps, it's 32 words, but the word that caught my eye was improving my conscious contact with God. And I think what that assumes, and I think this is really a key thing in being able to meditate and to really listen to what God has in mind, when you say improving your conscious contact by the 11th step, I think what it assumes is that people have a degree of trust in God that's been developed through the first 10 steps. And I will say that I believe unless you have that trust unless you have that confidence that God has your best interest at heart, which I certainly believe, that it would be hard to sit and listen and then expect to follow the uh, guidance or the wisdom or whatever it is that you might be receiving. So improving your conscious contact, we're already saying that there is that established, and now we just want to improve it to a higher level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really a good point. And it, it's reminded me of what you just said a minute ago about your aspiration is to live so that you're feeling like you are a, a vessel, in a sense, for God life to live through you. Talk to us about that some more, because um for some people to hear that, they may like go, oh my goodness, then no way. I mean, they may be equating that with like being a puppet or something, which is not at all what spiritual writers or men people mean. I know that's not what you mean, but talk to us about that some more and and where you get that trust to aspire to that to to being in a sense a vessel or whatever word you want to use for God. Well, I, and that's tell I, us I about that.
2: One one specific uh, maybe example is. Uh, I think we all have life lessons, and I think my life lesson, if, if I had to to decide which it, what it might be, I think it would be forgiveness. And there have been situations in my life where I have needed to practice forgiveness. And what I have tried to um, develop is living in an ongoing state of forgiveness. So, for example, if I might be confronted with a situation uh, during the day, if I have already established within my consciousness or my uh, the way that I'm trying to live my life, is that I will see that um, particular situation or that individual or whatever's happening at that moment, and I will be able to practice uh, ongoing forgiveness without having to sit down and say, hmm, I wonder if I should forgive this person or I wonder what that would mean if I would forgive them or, gosh, I can't forgive them. That's uh, too too egregious, uh, some kind of a thing that they've done. But I think if you can live in that ongoing state of forgiveness, but it takes a lot, again, of discipline and dedication and focus on what it is that you would like to be forgiven Answering God, if God has a plan for you, and I believe God does have a plan for every single one of us, how best you can uh, be a uh, an instrument or a servant or a uh, fulfill that particular plan. So uh, I, I do think that it if there's enough practice, and in a way meditation is kind of like practicing the piano, you know if you want to become a, a good piano player, you're going to have to practice. And I think if you want to become any kind of a spiritual instrument for God to do good in the world, and I think that's what God has an in, in, in intention for all of us, I think you kind of have to practice the, um, the the daily discipline of meditation until it does become second nature. And no, you're not a puppet. What you're doing is just allowing God to live God's life through you.
0: Hmm. You know when uh. What I'm hearing, or one thing I'm hearing, and what you're saying, Alan, is that it's a, really about um, living some kind of a spiritual value, like you're talking about forgiveness. I, I mean, that's one way to say what that is. That's a spiritual value or a spiritual attitude and action. Um, could you share with us some other spiritual qualities or or attitudes or actions that would maybe result from cultivating that relationship with God through meditation?
2: Well, again, back to the life lesson, the idea that we each have a life lesson that we're here to learn, I think maybe one life lesson uh, is responsibility. And there are many, many opportunities in life. I think, again, you saw with the tragedy in Las Vegas, the heroic uh, actions of a lot of the people who were there that they took upon themselves Uh, that responsibility to take care of others that might have been injured or or trying to uh, get away from what was happening. And I think if if responsibility is your life lesson and that's what you've been focused on, I think that you'll naturally be responsible, just like you'd naturally be forgiving, that when something happens and you would have the decision to make, should I be responsible in this uh, situation or should I not, you'll do the right thing. And, of, of course, one of the things that anybody in recovery is going to be dealing with, too, and, uh, is that many times we feel responsible for things that maybe we shouldn't feel responsible for. So, again, uh, um, an opportunity comes that, to practice what you've learned in meditation by being able to discern uh, whether or not it is appropriate to do a particular thing. Uh, one thing I've really found about meditation that's been very helpful to me is it really brings clarity. And I think we all need clarity uh, as we live our lives because a lot of things are, are not just neatly drawn. We really have to search for what, uh, what the meaning is.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. It's like when you spend time in, in, the, in meditation and kind of dipping down into that inner life, it, it is like a lot of the things that might on the surface be muddy. Either they just sort of go away or they, or it clears up.
2: Well, and back to the separation versus the alignment, I think it is so easy for people in, in today's world to become separated from from God. There's just so many distractions. There's so many opportunities to get separated, like I said, through addictions or... I think sometimes I even think the technological revolution has separated us from, has played a part in separating us from God. Uh, but there's so many distractions and so many diversions that before you know it, you can just be, a, you know, a thousand miles away from your spiritual center. And whatever whatever may be separating you, if you can somehow get back into this oneness or this alignment with God, I think it will would solve, go about a, a great deal of solving just about any problem that we might be facing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you um, are writing, when you were writing Sitting with God, what are some, I don't know if you have the book with you right there or not, but if you yep. do, or, good. Share with us something that you wrote there to give us a sense of what kinds of things you heard from God when you were in this, uh, in your meditations.
2: Well, I, I could do that, and I will do that, but I also thought it might be interesting uh, for your listeners that if, if I could share maybe what I heard this morning.
0: Sure, that'd be great.
2: Be- yeah. Because generally what I try to do is take either a question or a topic into meditation, and again, uh, not to dwell on the situation that's happened in Las Vegas, but the uh, topic that I took into meditation today was surviving the chaos, and I'll just read you just a couple of quick things of, of what I heard this morning. In the greatest of circumstances, you must trust me. I'm always present in the worst of times, such as right now. Let me help. Come into my presence with praise, thanksgiving, and expectation. Expect that I will comfort you. Expect that I can relieve your suffering. Expect that I am the one presence and the one power in the universe and can get you centered and peaceful again. Expect that I will place my comforting arms around you. Expect to someday be restored to wholeness. I fulfill all of your expectations. I meet your needs. I bring calmness and peace. There is no other that can return any situation to a relative center like me. Let me demonstrate my eternal ability to overcome the world. Turn to me now. I am here. I am always here.
0: Oh. That is is beautiful, and it's so different from... Um I think, what we often experience in the world. Because sometimes it feels like nobody's there for us or that there is no comfort or no solution.
2: Well, the good thing, again, about daily meditation is that you can bring whatever subject is uh, you know, affecting your life or whatever is up for you at that moment. And then if, if you'll just listen, and, and again, I don't have a, a conversation with God per se, I just bring the topic or the question, and then I just listen. But then I do write it down. I do write down what I hear. So I I can't take credit for any of it. It's it's all what I'm hearing from God or what I'm hearing from the Christ within or what I'm hearing from my consciousness. And, uh, again, i said this in, in sitting with God, and I will say it again also, is that I don't feel like I've got any special channel or pipeline or anything I think anybody can do it I think it just takes the practice and the discipline and sitting down and being willing open and receptive to listening to God and then just being able to there's such a power in writing it down and then you can always go back to it and so uh, I've got journals from you know as I said I began many many years ago and um they are such a comfort to me sometimes to go back and see where I was at a particular time and maybe where I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you writing while you're sitting, or do you go into the quiet for a period of time and then you come out and write? How do you? What's your actual method?
2: Well, my regimen really first is to um, say a little prayer, and then I will read something. It will either be the Bible, or I've got several books um you know, that I read, including Courage to Change and One Day at a Time. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there are several books. Uh, Jesus Calling is an excellent book. Jesus Always, uh, written by a lady named Sarah Young, I believe. And there's always a very good reading. That gets me, I think, into a receptive uh, frame of mind. But then what I will do is I'll just get my journal and my pen, and I'll take my question in, and whatever I hear, I write it down.
1: Mhm,
2: and mm-hmm. what I read today is an example of what came and and it it came. It wasn't anything that I sat there and created
0: right. you know I had on um my uh program here on spirit of recovery several weeks ago uh Father Bill, who does two way prayer he's an episcopal priest and also a person in recovery and it sounds really very similar to what uh he he does, and he talks about it as um, coming – I mean, where he got the idea, he says, from the early Oxford group people that, you know, from basically where Alcoholics Anonymous kind of came – stemmed out of. He said the early Oxford group people used to to do something like that, and uh, he kind of got a hold of the idea and, and has developed a method. It sounds very similar Um To that. And I do it myself. You know, I've done it in different, kind of a little different method, but for years. Um, So, had you had had any uh, thoughts or any knowledge of the the early Oxford group people doing this? Uh,
2: No, I I really haven't. But, uh, you know, I mentioned these books by Sarah Young. That's exactly uh the way that she recorded, uh, you know, wrote down what she heard in meditation. Uh, Uh Would you like me to read maybe a paragraph or so from the October 3rd reading from Sitting with God?
0: Absolutely.
2: It's, it's, it's very very interesting how some of these things really kind of dovetail with each other. But anyway, the reading for October 3rd, this was written in uh, 20, uh, 2012, is Remain Peaceful. And here's the first paragraph. Be peaceful. Remain centered. Calm your thoughts. Quiet your busy mind. Let me reassure you. Divine order flows through your life. I am in complete charge, not anyone or anything of the secular world. Trust me. Be in the world, but not of it. Do everything from the highest perspective. Avoid the changeable. Everything around you is transient and temporary. Fads and favorites come and go. And that, that kind of goes on from there. But only I remain forever constant.
0: Mm-hmm. and
2: the word chaos is in here too it says turn away from any chaos turn instead to me anytime you fall out of a peaceful state I immediately bring you a protective robe of peace I help you slip it on clothed in my divine fabric you can now proceed without worry or fear I am surrounding you with a blessed peace that passes all understanding To be peaceful rest in me
0: I love that, thank you that That is it you know as you're saying that 's the uh real solution I believe that you know to our lives and and to our world is to really get down into that place of that deeper reality, that deeper source and um boy, it changes everything about how we come into this world, like you say, be in it, but not of it. We make a real difference when we do that, absolutely. Well, it's time for our break, so we're going to take a, a little, a short, brief break right now. And uh, listeners, stay with us. We're having a great program today and we're talking about listening to God, the practice of Step 11. My guest is Alan Lyles, who is a unity minister of many years, um, obviously a deep meditator um, and a practicer of uh, a recovery program that addresses the needs of family and friends of those that have addiction. So stay with us we'll be right back here on spirit of recovery
1: unity online radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics giving to the network is now easier than ever simply text unity radio to 72727 from your smartphone you can make a one-time or recurring donation your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Dass, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to Unity.org and click on Publications. YouPray, the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With YouPray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With YouPray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. YouPray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free YouPray app and links to download, visit silentunity.org/app. That's silentunity.org slash app. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery, and if you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and our topic today is Listening for God, the Practice of Step 11, and we're talking about how it is that we can cultivate that relationship with our higher power through the practice of Step 11, prayer and meditation, to improve that conscious contact, and um, how it is that we can really listen and hear God's response, because it really is two ways that God does respond to us, and my, my guest is Alan Lyles, who is sharing with us how that works for him and how he's been practicing listening to that response and writing it down now for many years. Um, Alan is a Unity minister. He's also a person that participates um, in recovery as a family member and friend of those that have the disease of addiction, and. He's also an author. He's written the book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance, and that's available on any of the regular bookseller sites. So before I get back to my conversation with Alan, I invite you to join me for a brief meditation for the Serenity Minute, for a moment to relax, to let go and let God and feel that presence of your higher power and feel that response. So I invite you to relax, to feel that peaceful presence that is your higher power as you feel relaxation moving through your face and neck and shoulders and arms and hands and allowing relaxation to move through the trunk of your body, through your legs and feet. And be aware of your feet on the surface of the floor or whatever surface your feet are planted on, knowing that you are connected to this beautiful Mother Earth. And notice your breath as it comes in and goes out, and just gently allow your breath to be a touchstone as you let go, and let that silent, beautiful place within you well up in a beautiful way. Share with me this constructive idea. I listen for God, and I hear God's response of love. I listen for God and I hear God's response of love. And now we take a moment in the quiet. for joining me in the serenity minute and i trust that that was an opportunity for you to let go and let god and to listen and feel that response from your higher power know that you are loved so now we bring our awareness back to this moment to this time and place wherever you are and we take uh go back now to my conversation with my guest alan lyles and uh Here's some more from him about listening for God and practicing the 11th step. So, um, Alan, I know that you are presently writing a new book, which in some ways is similar because it has it's coming from your meditations, but it's also very different. Tell us about your new book that you're working with and, and writing.
2: Well, the title of the new book is The Forever Penny. And as I mentioned earlier, I lost my sweet wife, Jan. Uh, she died unexpectedly on February 28th. She, she'd she been sick for, as I said, a long time, and I'd been her caregiver. But uh, she passed away unexpectedly February 28th. And I began finding, almost immediately after that happened, I would find pennies turning up in the strangest places. I'd find them in the apartment. I'd find him on the street. I'd find him at a restaurant, maybe in the booth where I was sitting. And it seemed to me that this was maybe Jan's way of saying, hey, I'm, I'm still here. And when I went to a, a couple of grief groups where I'm living now in Texas, uh, some other people shared similar situations about Maybe it was a hummingbird that they might see uh you know it could it could be just any number of things uh, cardinals especially were seem seem like happened quite a bit, but not just birds. One lady talked about that she would find feathers everywhere, including some that seemed to float out of the sky and I know that people believe that our loved ones still communicate with us. In certain ways, after they pass to 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 the other side to heaven, and I definitely believe that. I still feel Jan's presence um, all the time, and where I am really feeling it now is that I feel when I meet with um, in the morning meditations with God that she's there with God. Now, my meditation still has God expressing. Uh, whatever question or topic that I brought into uh, the conversation for that day. But God will almost always reference that Jan is also involved. She's right there with with God, and she's uh, very much interested in what my spiritual journey uh, is the moment. And her presence is still around. And I definitely believe that our loved ones can choose to communicate with us after they go. And this is not like spiritualism or seance or anything like that. It's just that when I uh, sit in the morning in my meditations, I feel like I'm I'm sitting not only with God, but I'm sitting also with the spirit of uh, my wonderful wife. So uh, it's, it's just a great feeling, and it's a comforting feeling, because when we lose the people we love there's the tendency to believe they're gone forever. And I just don't believe that. I believe that their spirit is still around us. Uh, They are still interested. They're still uh, wanting to be involved in how our life is turning out. And uh, what I've done with the Forever Penny, I have uh, transcribed uh, the first uh, six months that she's been gone, day by day, just like I did with sitting with God, only this time it's really from not only God's perspective, but she's involved too. And uh, God will often reference, well, Jan is cheering you on and she knows that you're going to be okay and that she's here to help you however she needs to help and all of this. But it's, it's so comforting to know that I haven't really lost her that uh, completely. Maybe her physical presence but not her spiritual presence. It'll be with me, I believe, from now on.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's really beautiful and um one thing that's come to me, and and when I have the privilege of conducting a memorial service uh, for someone who has passed over, uh, it it came to me a long time ago, and I I guess from my own personal experience to say, you know, we that as you just said, that person's uh, physical form is gone, but we still have a relationship with them, and it's ongoing. There are things that unfold in the relationship now that that weren't even there before. It's like we're still learning about that person and still being with them. I don't know. Do you find that or not?
2: Well, I think so, absolutely. And I also think that uh, we may have lost that physical presence, but the memories are the gifts that they have left with us. And uh, there will be times that and it seems like in the grief process everybody does it differently and they go at their own pace and, and whatever that I will uh, get a gift of a memory out of nowhere of something that maybe we did together, a place we went, uh, something that we experienced together, and it will be just like a gift. It will be almost like uh, maybe a present that she's wrapped very carefully and uh, bestowed on me at a particular time that maybe I needed to have it. So I I agree with you, though. I think you really do uh, your relationship continues, but just in a different, a different way. But in some ways, it uh, even becomes deeper. Uh, because I think in, in my case, um, we always appreciate the loved ones in our lives, but I think I honestly appreciate her more now. Because I'm really uh, seeing her involvement, I believe, still in my life, in my spiritual life. And uh, that really, really makes a tremendous difference. And again, it's just such a comfort to know that I may have lost her physical form, but I haven't lost her spiritual essence.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's. Um, it, it. That really is uh, opening. Opens. My heart, you know, to hear you share that. And I'm curious, though, because I know also that there is grief, you know, so how does that balance? How does that work together, the reassurance and yet also the grief?
2: Well, I think in my case, uh, we were living in Minnesota. We had lived there for 15 years, and Jan was a Minnesota girl. I was from Texas, and so she told me it never snowed up there, and I believed
0: her. <laughs> but anyway,
2: we, we yeah, lived, right. there 15, lived there 15 years, and uh, when she passed away, she had always said, if, if I go first, I really want you to go back home to Texas. I know how much you love it. And so I did that, and so I came back uh, within about a month after she passed, and so the grief uh, for me was put aside a little bit because I was so wrapped up in getting moved and packed up and, and getting down to Texas and all that. But I think the grief is starting to come back more now. And also in the grief groups, what I really have, have uh, found and witnessed among many of the people is that the grief sets in more after around six months than it maybe it did in the beginning. Because in the beginning, you know, you have a lot of people around you. You have a lot of things going on. And then it's only a little bit later, maybe six months or so later, that a lot of it really starts uh, having an effect. So uh, I think having the spiritual aspect of of her, though, still around has helped with my grief. I still have it. Mm -hmm. I still miss her but i think I think knowing that she's she's going to be there in the morning when I meditate, I think that really helps
0: right, yeah, it's like a, as you were saying earlier, it's like another um dimension of of that of your relationship with her, so it's it's like uh kind of experiencing that love that you have for each other on on a maybe multiple levels and in i mean a complex experience.
2: Well, and it just didn't end with her death. It just didn't end when she physically transitioned. Uh, it, it didn't end. It's still right. available. It's still uh, present.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, the um, comfort of, of feeling that or of knowing that, because I, I'll tell you, the the loss of a loved one, and we had known each other 37 years and been married 23 years, uh, that's a fairly long time, but some of the people who have been married and lost a spouse after fifty sixty years or so, that is just a terrible loss it's just it's just unbelievable to lose somebody after that long or a loss can be bad even after a short period of time but feeling that the loss is not permanent uh, I think really makes a tremendous difference in and getting us through that particular time,
0: right? Absolutely, yeah. Really, it's a it's a big shift. And you know when you're when you're talking about this, Alan, it really strikes me that um, this experience that you're having of Jan's spiritual presence is a gift of recovery. It because you have a spirituality, not that recovery is the only way that people, you know, open to their spirituality, but that I'm I'm making a wild guess here, but that if you didn't have your own recovery, if you didn't have your own spirituality, this wouldn't be happening. I mean, you would just be, you know, it would just be what's happening on the earth's experience, and when it's over, it's over, that you wouldn't uh, have this richness.
2: Well, I I really agree with you. I think that is a part of it. Uh, you know, the, the world, many people tend to see, see things in absolutes, in black and white, or, uh, you know, if it's not visible, I can't believe it. If it's invisible, it can't be true, and that sort of thing. So there is a degree of faith and trust in the spiritual aspects of life that's necessary before some of this can happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if you didn't have that, there would be maybe a tendency, well, He's gone, she's gone. I won't see him again until maybe in heaven or, you know, if then. Mm-hmm. And I have an absolute conviction, a firm conviction, that I will see Jan again. And I definitely believe that day will come. And uh, so that's another thing that gives me comfort and and uh, maybe helps me deal with the grief uh, to some extent.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, you know, um, you you mentioned this the the concept of trust, and you mentioned that earlier today in our conversation. You know, uh, addiction, the disease of addiction, whether it's the person that's got the primary um, substance addiction or behavioral addiction, or whether it is a family member or friend that you know we have to contend with our enabling behavior. Um, boy, in in the disease of addiction, there is no trust, and. Uh, in, in anything good, there's just the constant, you know, experience of things going badly. How does one uh, start even to develop trust or, or even if you're already in begun the recovery process or maybe you're still mired one way or the other in the disease of addiction? How do you start building that trust in your spiritual life, in your higher power?
2: Well, i go back to, uh, one more time, the concept of separation and alignment. And I think as long as you're feeling separate from your own spirituality uh, uh, and you're out of alignment with your higher power, I think it's going to be very difficult to trust. And again, going back to the 11th step, why the word improving is really important is because if you've gone through uh, you know, the first ten steps, you've developed a certain degree of that trust in your higher power that you can get to the prayer and meditation that will take you to the next step. And I know also in the step it talks about praying only for knowledge of uh, God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And I, I think you can still take the topics or the questions in because that knowledge could be equivalent to guidance. Uh, the power to carry that out it could be strength to carry it out the courage to carry it out so uh, once you get into the alignment phase i think trust is going to follow but if you haven't learned through the first ten steps to to some degree to trust your higher power it would be difficult but when you go back to you know the first second third step it's it's that's starting to develop, this trust in your higher power. And unless you have a uh, positive view of God or whatever you may call your higher power, it would be very difficult to ever trust that. But once you do have it, once you do believe, and I firmly believe that God has our best interests at heart, that uh, how do you know it's God you're talking to? If it's good, if it's positive, if it's beneficial, that's probably God. If it's something that's negative, I don't believe it is. But once you develop that trust that God has only your best interest at heart, then you can develop that trust that your life is going to start uh, forming
0: the way you want it to. Mhm. Mhm. So it's almost like you just have to sort of start... Um, I, I'll be honest, like when I first started my own uh, process in, in recovery as a friend and family member, I I was really, I you know, I don't know. I figured there was some kind of God, but it didn't have anything to do with me, and um, my life was going pretty terribly. But I, I really honestly thought, well, I have nothing to lose. These people seem happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what well, I have nothing to lose, so I guess I'll give it a try. And I really thought, I don't know if there's a God or not, but why not give it a try? Because what's the option, you know? And it, that really did. It launched me an, into a life of of goodness that's it's not perfect by any means, but it's a lot better than it was. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> well, I, Anna, I think the overwhelming majority of people... That includes me. It includes, I think, most people. Until they have a situation or something's happened uh, that has really sent them down to the bottom, that's when people, the majority of people, will become open and receptive to exploring their spiritual life and exploring God. But unless, unless there's a reason, unless something has happened that you you say, I oh, know gosh, I can't go any lower here. I've got to get some help. Uh, I think it's very difficult for God to to take over. Uh, and you know, when you're in the corporate world or when you're making money or when everything is going great, that's not a time when most people find God. It's usually when something's happened that they say, like like you said, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Well, Alan, we're at the end of our time here. What final word of wisdom would you leave us with?
2: Boy, I wish I could come up with something in one word, but (laughs) if if I could, I would just say meditate. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about whether it's perfect or not. Don't worry about if it's not 20 minutes. Whatever it is, it's yours. Your meditation is like your fingerprints. Everybody has unique fingerprints, Everybody meditates differently, and whatever works for you, just do it.
0: All right. Thank you. Um, listeners, I know that you have uh, had your heart touched, and I'm, I bet you've even had your soul touched today. I sure have. So uh, I want to thank you, Alan, my guest, Alan Lyles, uh, Unity Minister, person in uh, his own recovery process as a friend and family member. Um, Author, has written the book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance, and is in the process of writing his new book, The Forever Penny. Thank you so much, Alan, for the richness of your spiritual life and for sharing it with us today here on Spirit of Recovery. I appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you, Anna.
0: Yeah, and listeners, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for listening, and thank you for the love that you share uh, with me and uh, all of our guests here. And I know for you, you're going to have a, a wonderful week that's filled with love and with that responsiveness from your higher power. So have a blessed week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. In this constantly changing world, life and personal values can seem more than a little unstable. Just when you think you have it all figured out, then everything changes. Sometimes life can seem overwhelming. Well, the good news is you can change your life. You have within you the power to learn how to flow with the changes and smooth out the bumps of life. You can experience the joy, peace, health and abundance you deserve. You were created to
1: be happy and productive. That urge to grow and express yourself was put there for a
0: reason. Learn the spiritual principles that can help you not just to survive, but thrive in this changing world. At Unity, we'd like to help you do just that. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.